We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast another weekend is upon us it is saturday it is your saturday crew i am jason perone of the pack a day podcast game on wisconsin and the quick slants podcast along with mark eckel of packer report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. As always, and by request from many of our fans, we start with the weather report across the United States, starting on the East Coast. Mark Eckel, how are we looking at the beach? Beautiful week. Um, I mean, beautiful. Today, they're saying still Saturday, um, but... They're saying it might we might get a little bit of shower, little showers today, which you know what I wouldn't mind a break. <laughs> it's been that nice. Okay, all right, very good. And in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin, Paul Brettel, as we inch slowly towards the month in which training camp begins, how is the Wisconsin summer shaping up? It is all over the place. Monday, <laughs> Monday, the high was sixty-three after literally two weeks of ninety-plus. Um, we're finally getting some rain though. So me and my lawn are very happy about that. And right now we've kind of settled into a nice mid seventies, low eighties. So very, very nice time here in Wisconsin right now. But as we've seen, or as I've described to everyone the last few weeks, it could change like that. Well, judging by the Twitter timeline after, well, I guess, you know, spoiler alert, we're recording this one a little bit early. So judging by the Twitter timeline after Wednesday night's game, I thought, Paul, you were going to tell me it was just cloudy and gloomy and rainy. (laughs) I, and, I should be absolutely used to it based on what the Bucks have done the last three years, but every time it still hurts. Well, hopefully by the time everyone's listening to this, the Bucks' yes, fortunes I, have changed. But as we move into the second part of our discussion here about the wait, I guess we'll call it the way-too-early Packers roster prediction. I don't think that's how you oh, phrased it, Paul. Whoa, whoa, back up, back up, back up. Jason, what's the weather in Arizona? People care about that. Oh, you know, I always take it for granted. I take for granted because it never changes. It's yeah, the hot. weather. So it, it is. It, it is. It's, it's hot. Well, so there was, a little bit of, there was a little bit of rain midweek. Oh, got some wow. overcast. Got some overcast. That's got a little big, bit of rain. You know, it's, that's some breaking news there. Okay. It is big. <laughs> it is big. Yeah, that that's is big. People want it all. It is big. That is big. So it actually did impact the weather. So it, it, we've cooled off. We've definitely cooled off. We're down to 102 as a high. So now things have, have uh, we've gotten so out of the. Under, you're, you're, you're just like my, my golf game. You can't break 100. Can't break 100. <laughs> Jason would be in a parka if he came up here in the 60s. Right. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do with myself at all. No, I would not. So, but, you know, anywhere from 102 to 105 and sunny, there was a little weather system that came through, but now that's headed, yeah, it's headed your way, Paul, I guess. And Mark, I don't know if it'll get to you, but there was some. Uh, cloudy for a good day and a half got a little bit of rain which in arizona at any time is always really helpful And i'll be honest in the summer even more so because we tend to get wildfires out here and it's they get out of control and they get them in california too and it's a lot has to do with the drought and the dry weather so any precipitation in the summertime is always welcome as long as it's before what they call monsoon season which everybody that doesn't live in arizona thinks of monsoons as these like monstrous major storms and like the haboo pictures that you see of the dust cloud just <laughs> enveloping the city and they don't have to necessarily be that 
intense, but there tends to be more wind, more dust. And what's actually the worst part is when we get these dust storms and there's just a smattering of rain just a little bit. It's just enough to wet your car so that the dust sticks to it. And then it's it's mostly just dust and it's just dirty. It's just, you know, it's just dirty around the whole city and it just clogs up your ACs, your air conditioners and uh, whatever. Anyway, so that's that's the weather report in Phoenix. It is summer. Nothing, nothing too uh, crazy going on over here. It's but it's hot. It's very hot and sunny. So, Paul, I would gladly send you a couple degrees if you're looking for some. Nah, I'm wanna, good. Thank you, though. <laughs> you want to <laughs> warm up. But, yeah, that AC bill is getting a workout for sure. So. But uh, as we move into part two of our conversation, so last week we did our roster. Paul, we went through Paul's roster prediction. It was on the offensive side of the ball. This week we are going to switch over to the defensive side of the ball with Paul leading the conversation. So without any further ado, Paul, introduce us to your roster predictions on the defensive side of the ball and what position group are we starting with today? Absolutely, Jason. So we are going to start with the interior defensive line, which I thought was pretty straightforward. So I kept five interior defensive linemen, Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki, duh. Uh, Dean Lowry, who I know was a favorite as a possible cut candidate. And admittedly, I had that discussion as well earlier this offseason. But Mark Eckel never wavered, said Dean Lowry was going to be here. And with their recent restructure of his contract, adding the voided years on, if you're still holding out hope that they'd move on from him for cap savings, that is now off the table. That is not happening. So Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton, the fifth round pick, and then Tyler Lancaster. When we look at some of the other guys that I see the first four is pretty close to locks or at least Slayton. I see him as pretty close to a lock Lancaster. When you look at who he's competing with, it's Willington Prevalin, undrafted rookie from Rutgers last year, Delante Scott, another undrafted rookie Lancaster has the experience. The Packers just recently released Anthony rush. So I see this one is pretty cut and dry. Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton and Tyler Lancaster. Mark, let's start with you. Any disagreements? No, I don't disagree with any of your five uh, for obvious reasons. As you stated, they're, they're the five. I mean, um, they brought Lancaster back for a reason. They like something about him that they feel – as a fifth guy, he's not bad at all. If he's your number five, that's, you're doing pretty well. Um, I have a feeling, and you can't really do this when you're when you're projecting a 53-man roster. I mean, you, you could, I guess, but – I wouldn't be shocked if they if the fifty three there's a guy there's a defensive lineman on the opening day roster that isn't on the current ninety man roster. I think oh, they mm-hmm. may I think when waivers start happening, um they may look to upgrade there a little bit. There may be a defensive lineman cut from another team. They've done this, you know, the Packers have done this, every team does it in the you know, where they you know, they they, they pick guys up. Um I I would think and again, unless, you know, preseason and, and camp will tell us a lot, but um, if they still feel like maybe Slayton isn't quite ready as a rookie or uh, they feel they can get somebody better than Lancaster, um, you know, Snacks Harrison is still un- unsigned, up, if, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. You know, maybe maybe they bring him back, you know, late in camp or something. I just think there might be another – the five you picked, I can't argue with at all, but I think there might be an addition somewhere down the line. I would. Uh, I, I've, I'm always on board with that. And when Goody, after the draft, was talking about, you know, we need to look at quarterbacks, we need to look at linebackers. Surprise, interior defensive line never came up because I think you're 100 percent right with that. What about you, Jason? So I, I did say right now the group is not the most overwhelming group. Kind of what what you said, Paul and Mark. What you said there too. These are the guys. But I. So we're we're putting a lot of hope, and I think that hope hinges a lot on what Kingsley Kiki turns into. Like we said, this season, if he can stay healthy, it just seems like he's got so much more to offer and there's so much more that can be gained from him. Uh, I'm okay with Dean Lowry still being on the roster. I know there were some some savings to be had there. The thing about Dean Lowry that's funny is is that he flashes in two or three games a year. Three might mm-hmm. be too generous. He and it's usually against the Bears. You know, I guess he likes playing against his hometown, his his old team, the Bears. He grew up in Rockford, Illinois, 
And so he flat. He usually ends up having a good game against the Bears, or he has one sack that just looks monstrous. And then you watch the replay, and it was because he was unblocked or something like that. But he's, you know, you could definitely do a lot worse, I think, than than a Dean Lowry, Lancaster. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, you can only address so many positions in free agency in the draft, and the Packers have done a good job. And I, I don't have any issues with the way that they've gone about stacking the roster. But the fact that they still have Tyler Lancaster in this rotation on the defensive line. Now, Slayton was picked, he was drafted, and I think that's their hope, is that he can unseat a Lancaster, take his snaps, move up past him on the depth chart. I have a lot of of hope for Slayton. I really hope that he turns into a player. But as a rookie, mid-round, you've got to kind of hedge your bet a little bit until you see what they can be on the field. It's a sneaky area. Uh, We've talked about the trenches before. The offensive line is looking pretty good. It's fortified, and now we're on the other side of the ball in the trenches. And this is where games are potentially won and lost and this is where you stop the run and you've still got Dalvin Cook twice a year in Minnesota the Bears always seem to have it you know an okay or a decent running back they got Montgomery back there uh, so it's Jamal Williams our old friend with the Detroit Lions along with the other bevy of running backs that they have there so I mean it's they've got some definitely their work cut out for them to stop the run so the defensive line is going to be really important Mark I think you're spot on they should they should be looking to add a body and the defensive line also tends to be one of those positions that when you find yourself in October, November, there's somebody out there who wouldn't mind coming in and just going to work for eight weeks, you know, pick up enough weeks to get their their vested season in or even just come in and play a month and just get paid for a month because they didn't want to go to training camp and their body can't take a full season. But sure, I'll do December and go to go to the playoffs. So hopefully the Packers can add some some bigger bodies up front. They're OK. Uh, I don't I also don't want to see Kenny Clark getting overworked because once again, he's he's head and shoulders above everybody else on that group. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see as well with in this new Joe Barry defense, as far as Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary specifically, oh, yeah. how many snapped or how they're utilized, I guess I should say in that. So there's in Joe Barry system there's going to be the nose tackle and then the two vortex. It'll be interesting to see how many snaps they get in that role or if they move around as much or what their jobs are going to be. So that'll be something to watch for as well. And one other note. Oh, go on. I was going to say off that, it sounds like, you know, the, the, the two man line, we're not going to see that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm happy about, uh, I never liked when, when Patton went to the, just two down linemen. And I mean, that, that just begged teams to run and run well. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think Gary and Zadarius, you may see both of them with their hand on the ground uh, mm-hmm. more often. Especially, I mean, I think I read where, I don't know if it was Mike Smith that said it or, or Barry said that, you know, he wants Gary and the two Smiths on the field together a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, and why wouldn't you? you I mean, especially on, on passing downs, why you, you want your, you know, they're your three best pass rushers probably. Sure, so... I yeah I the, the defensive line might be better than those five guys if you include the fact that both both uh, Z- Zadarius and Gary are going to be quasi defensive linemen or part time defensive linemen say. And one other note I wanted to make, and it should, of course should be taken as with a grain of salt because it is coming from minicamp, but uh, I believe it was Larry McCarron who said in one of his you know. Packers, you know, daily reports that he does that Kenny Clark was seeing a lot less snaps at nose tackle, yep. which I know that's something we've talked about on here. So that could be TJ Slayton. I know that's his role playing the nose tackle. Maybe it's more opportunity for Tyler Lancaster in that spot. Dean Lowry, uh, you know, a new defense, a new coordinator brings new opportunities for players. And so if we're seeing Clark out on the edge more often, that's just yeah, more opportunity for him to make big plays because he's just not going to be double teamed as often. So as training camp and preseason and more so early on into the season where we really see what this defense can do and will do, that's something to watch as well. So we just talked about the Smiths and Rashawn Gary. Let's move to edge rusher. I think it's safe to say we all have those three on our 53-man roster. So at the edge rusher position, I guess you could debate whether you want to keep four or five and then who those fourth and or fifth players are. So I kept five. That's what the Green Bay Packers did initially on their initial 53-man roster a year ago. So like I said, the Smiths, Rashawn Gary, I have Jonathan Garvin on there. I, I wouldn't call him a lock, but I think he's pretty close just – the, the kid's loaded with potential, and he's still super young. I think he's only 22, maybe. Um, you know, if he had gone back to Miami for another year, it'd be interesting to see where he would have been drafted in this year's class. So I have those as my four. 
for the fifth spot, this belonged to Randy Ramsey last year. He took, I believe, 75 total defensive snaps. I went in a different direction, though, and it's just when we first when we did the offensive side of the ball before we started, I said there's some educated guessing, trying to read the tea leaves. So that's what this is. I went with Pipa Galea over Randy Ramsey. Here's the reasoning. And Ross Uglum's uh, report over at Cheesehead TV during in their draft guide where he went through each position and how it fits what Joe Barry wants to do or what we think it's going to look like. He mentioned at Edge Rusher that Brandon Staley preferred the smaller bodies. The Green Bay Packers have very big-bodied edge rushers. The Smiths, Gary, Ramsey, they're all 250, 260. Galea, he clocks in, I think, 235-ish. So he fits that smaller build that the Rams used last year. So again, educated guesswork on my part. Could be completely wrong, and obviously it's going to come down to how does he perform in training camp and in the preseason compared to Randy, Randy Ramsey. But I have him on here for that reason. Took a little shot in the dark, took a swing. So, Jason, what are your thoughts on the edge rusher position? Well, clearly you're picking Tipa Galea because the Packers need to stack the roster with Utah State players so that Jordan Love feels comfortable when he <laughs> takes over as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. No, I... I love it. I like, I mean, I like the kind of the, almost the hot take there because Ramsey's been on, you know, part of this rotation for a couple Mm -hmm. of years. He's had some injury issues, but that's a little bit of a bolder take. And I think that's, that's what you're, what's good about what you're doing there is you're forcing us to step back and realize, listen, this isn't the same Packers defense that transitioned from Dom Capers to Mike Pettin with, you know, I mean, there were some differences there, but there was there were some a lot of similarities. And now I feel with Joe Barry coming in, at least on paper, I'd like to think there's there's going to be some more significant changes, although maybe that doesn't end up being the case. But it's it's like, look, new D coordinator. Let's get they have to have the right body type to run the scheme that he wants to run. So. But we're also talking about the bottom of the pass rush roster and or the depth chart. And obviously it's it's Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith or bust because those guys are going to get the lion's share of the snaps. Jonathan Garvin in in limited duty. Jonathan Garvin did enough in limited duty and he probably played a lot in garbage time. So it inflates what he's doing on the field enough to me to where I'd like to see a little more of him on the field and maybe maybe see him get some more reps in training camp so we can see what he can do. Uh, but again, it's the top three guys, and I think we probably should, you know, maybe have more of a discussion. And maybe Paul, if we need to kick it back to you for this too, is Preston Smith because what what Preston are we going to get? We've got two totally different sample sizes between 2019 and 2020. Health, you know, being obviously a factor of what we did know or didn't know about what he was dealing with. We all, I I think, you know, Preston Smith. Did, I don't know if you guys thought he was definitely coming back. I was not sold that he was coming back based on what I thought the Packers were going to do. I feel better with him on the roster than not, because otherwise I don't know who they would have replaced him with. But it's it's a big question of which version are we going to get. Is he going to come back motivated? Supposedly he's in shape. I think we talked about that on a previous show. He was not as in as great a shape last year. He's in better shape this year. It's funny what happens when... You, you either have to restructure your contract, take a pay cut. You have to earn more of your money through incentives. And then guys all of a sudden decide to hit the weight room and stay away from the, uh, you know, the Popeyes and the Wendy's and the Taco Bells while they're preparing for the season. But uh, it's hard not to be excited about Z and Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, man, I have to say when that pick happened, we've talked about this, too. I was I was just kind of <laughs> sat there very underwhelmed. I was just like, what? Rashawn Gary at 12? But. He has put in the work and he may never, you know, maybe he doesn't live up to being that 12th overall in terms of the stats, but he has pleasantly surprised me and he's put in the work and there is absolutely no doubt about how hard he's going to try to be a 12th overall or better. And I'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sundays, as they say. So again, not too, not too flashy, but I like the Galea. I like the Galea pick, Paul. That's actually kind of piqued my interest in terms of watching this, this uh, battle unfold as training camp starts. Mark, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm going to be I'm, I'm going to be the bad guy. I don't <laughs> care about the fifth pass rusher, fifth edge rusher. He's not going to dress for games if they keep him great. But I'm glad you kept Garvin. Um, I I thought when you start talking a little bit at the beginning that you that you might be getting rid of Garvin. Oh no, uh, I, uh, no, I, and I agree with 100 percent with what you said. He's young. Uh, last year was basically a redshirt year for him. I think when they took him. 
in the seventh round, which, like you said, if he, if he had gone back to the Hurricanes, he he may have he he would have been a higher pick this past draft, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, I think, and I think the Packers knew what they were getting last year that they they didn't have to play him. They didn't. They put him. I think he played a couple games earlier than than basically just let him you know sit and watch and learn. Hopefully, he sat, watched, and learned from three pretty good guys. Um, yeah, I think he'll be a solid fourth guy. And if Tip, what's his name, Tip whoever that guy you said from Utah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if 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 he wins a fifth one over Ramsey, Rand, good for him. I, I I'm I'm actually rooting for for uh, Kemp from uh, Michigan because I did a oh. story about mm-hmm. him. But I, again, I don't. Whoever the fifth guy is, uh, good for them. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you about that one. I'm not gonna, argue. but I, I think, do agree. But I, I think Preston Smith will. Jason, you asked which Preston Smith are we going to get? I don't think we'll get the. 2019 was his career year. Yeah, I don't think we're. Really I don't good. think we're getting that. I don't think we're going to get that ever again. But I think we'll get closer to that than last year's disappointment. I, and again, because he's in better shape. Um, He's not going to be I mean, with with Gary's emergence. He's not going to have to do as many other things. Maybe I think I think Preston Smith will have a good, solid like if you know when when people give grades out. I think he'll be a good solid B. Well, I hope that he's not covering passers or receivers. <laughs> I should say that's enough. Sure, he shouldn't have to be. That's not what you want him to do. <laughs> you know, I know he did that, but that's not what you you want him going after the quarterback. You don't want him going after the receiver. And you guys both brought up good points about obviously the Smiths and Gary are going to take a bulk of these snaps. So maybe this is one of those positions where they maybe they keep for. Yeah, because that's where I was going with this and use that roster spot elsewhere. I wasn't, as I was trying to configure how many am I going to keep at each position, I did look at what they did last year for some guidance on some of these positions, and this was one of them. The different coordinator might, they might say, mm-hmm. you know, I only need four, and then give me an extra safety or give me an extra corner. You know, who knows? And again, and again, we can't say this enough. Those last roster spots always come down to the better special teams player. Yep. So Absolutely. if your boy Tip is a good special teams player, that'll really give him a chance to make the team. Garvin, I think, will be a good special teams player. Mm-hmm. And so as we move on to linebacker, this is one of those positions, again, where you can start with, before even looking at who you're going to pick, how many are you going to have on the roster, four or five? Uh, based on how mine fell, I have four. Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes, I think that's safe to say they're going to be on the team. Devondre Campbell as well. With his, he's getting a million-dollar signing bonus. They also added voided years to his one-year deal as a street-free agent just to help lower his cap hit this year. So for those two reasons, he's going to be on the he's going to be on the team this year. This isn't, a, oh, let's bring in the low-cost veteran, see how he performs over the summer, and we'll go from there. The way his contract structured basically tells us that he's going to be on the team. So there's three spots accounted for. Now, of course, there's Ty Summers, there's Oren Burks, six-round pick Isaiah McDuffie. I went with Isaiah McDuffie as my fourth reason being we know that the Packers are still trying to nickel and dime their way to some cap savings. They're about 5 million under the cap. They still have to sign Amari Rogers. Those cap figures you see on spot tracking over the cap, they account for the top 51 on the roster, not 53. So there's two additional spots that have to be accounted for. They have to sign the practice squad. And ideally you want some money left over for any in-season spending so you can go get a Snacks Harrison or a Tyler Irvin like they've done in recent years. So by moving on from Burks, who at this point I think we know who he is, he's a solid special teams player, which is valuable. But with almost a million in cap savings, I think that does come into play. And Isaiah McDuffie is someone who should make an impact right away on special teams. And I see Ty Summers being in a similar boat as Burks defensively. You know, if you could have him on the field strictly and, you know, running situations, you could see some time in that regard. But he's a special teams player. He's a liability in coverage. And I believe you can save about 850000 if they move on from him. So I went with Devondre Campbell, Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes, and Isaiah McDuffie. So, Mark, how do you feel about those selections? I like them. I really do. I'm glad. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a chance. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in Phoenix. How about that? <laughs> That's the Definitely not uh, right now. <laughs> that 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 Burks is on the team. I mean, they've tried him inside. They they tried him outside, and he wasn't even he was a good special teams player last year. He wasn't even that good on special teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, Summers is the better of, of those two. 
Summers is the better special teams player. So yeah, Burks is Burks. Well, I'll, I'll be very surprised. I mean, he, he's going to have to come out there starting what the July 27th is what, is that when camp opens? He's going to yeah. have to just be lights out every day in camp. I mean, every day he's going to have to make like a, a spectacular play. And, and you know, I don't think he's capable of doing that. So, yeah, I don't think he has a chance of being on the team. Summers is interesting because they seem to like him. Well, I shouldn't say they. The old – well, it's, it's only Patton's only difference in the staff. They see, But he played more than I would have played him. I, I, they, he, 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 I don't know. There's, you see some things in him and you say, wow, that was – you know, he, he did something there. But then, then he, he, like you said, he's a liability in coverage. Um that that would be interesting. Basically, it's going to come down to what we just said about the the edge rushers. Do you, if you want to save a roster spot and only keep the four, then they're the four. Yeah, you got the right four, I think. Um, but you might you might keep him instead of that fifth outside. So really, basically, it's coming down to the fifth outside linebacker versus Ty Summers. I think when you when they when when you add up to fifty three. Yeah, and Summers versus McDuffie could just strictly be special teams. And McDuffie, yeah, he's a draft pick, but he's a six-rounder. I mean, last year we saw Jake Hansen on practice squad the year before, and still Dexter Williams, a six-rounder, I believe, or a fifth-rounder, one of them. Um, He's been on the practice squad as well. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. McDuffie could go right. But but I think – I'm sorry. I I was just going to say, if he does what I think he can do and what I think – we agree on and many in Packer Nation think as a special teams contributor with that speed and athleticism yep. he has as a linebacker I think he's someone who can make an impact there right away I agree 100% that was my take on him when they drafted him that if nothing else he's going to help special. and that's that's all you can really ask for as Adam mm-hmm. Brown rookie is if, if he's a helpful if he's a help to you on special teams that's a good pick um, yeah I think so yeah I, I think McDuffie is definitely his, his upside is much more than Burks and Summers at this point, um, so yeah, I think I think he yeah he's your four, and I think it's, it's a matter of if do they want to keep five or not. And I don't see anybody else, right? There's nobody else that that we're forgetting, is there? Uh, I don't believe so. There's an undrafted guy that they, no, I don't think that anywhere. Yeah, and performance is king in all of this. The salary cap is second, but yeah, but, but the cap the, you do save right. But the opportunity to move on from Burks and Summers and save almost two million for as cap strapped as the Packers are—that's not nothing. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, just to kind of recap what you guys said, I think I think you hit it here. The Packers drafted a linebacker for a reason. They want an upgrade and, and probably looking at special teams. Maybe Mo Drayton's got more of a, a voice in the room finally, and he's like, "Look, get me some athletes here." Ty Summers is is okay, but. You know, after two or three years, you know what a guy's going to be and what he's not going to be. And so the Packers have to try to see what else they can find in some better talent that's got more speed and more versatility. So if they can get better on special teams, we were talking about it before before we recorded about whether or not we were going to do a show on special teams or not. I'll, I'll leave that as a spoiler alert for later on when we talk about our next show. Uh, the special teams obviously need to improve. But as far as the, the interior, I'm excited about Barnes and Kamal Martin. I, I I think Kamal Martin's going to learn and hone, hone it. I think he's got the right mindset. He's got a little bit of a dog in him. I like that mentality in your inside linebacker. That position's just been so blasé for the Packers for such a long time. And it's not that, you know, Blake Martinez was okay. He brought some fire, but he was kind of just okay as an athlete. And then before him, you had A.J. Hawk, who played for a long time. And I think he, he, I think he stuck around a couple extra years because they drafted him fifth overall. And Ted was still the GM. And it was like, okay, he's, he was solid. But, you know, he, he had a lot of tackles. But he kind of peaked out. It's it's time to infuse this position with with some 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 mustard, I'll call it. Now Chris Barnes, the one big the big issue with with him is that I you know he comes out he, he never plays a full game. He comes out he gets hurt and he comes back in the game and he tries and he he plays through injuries, but he's always nicked up, always banged up. So I, I hope that he stays healthy because I think the Packers are going to count. I think he's your starting green dot on opening day unless he does get hurt. And then as far as Campbell, I like the Campbell signing. I agree with you, Paul. He's definitely going to be on the roster. The more I watch on him and the more I see of him, I think he's he's going to be more impactful as a rotational player on defense and a guy that you can put in there. I'm just, I just want to see what this Joe Barry defense is going to look like. But the inside linebacker position just needs they – need, they need more versatility and they need more playmaking. And I think they finally have the players. I mean, if Kamal makes a, takes a jump in year two, and he can, you know, if he's not just running like a freight chain out of control on the tracks, then, you know, he, he could end up being a real upgrade 
at inside linebacker. Uh, you know, when, the, when they drafted him, I think he was he was a fourth was he a fourth rounder, a fifth round. You get into the mid rounds there. I mean, he he could end up being a real steal for the Packers at, at that position. So it's it's. I think you nailed it. I think you did right, did well, and I think the Packers are set up a little better than they've been in in many years at that position going into this season. Yeah, when you talk about adding juice to the linebacker position, Kamal Martin certainly brings that. All righty, so let's move on. Let's go to cornerback next, where I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think I have what is my biggest surprise player on Uh-oh. this 53-man roster. So Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, they're on the roster. Chandon Sullivan, I believe he is going to be the primary slot receiver still. Now I will say with that, I think it's going not that it's going to be an equal distribution among two players or among three players, but I think Sullivan's snaps there are going to be decreased. I think we're going to see Jair there more. If we look at Jalen Ramsey, his snap count in the slot skyrocketed last season in the Brandon Staley defense, went from like 70 or 80 snaps in 2019 to almost 200. Reason being, he followed the number one receiver around, so that took him there on occasion. But also Brandon Staley put him there just – because of how good he is and just to muddy things up over the middle of the field. So I could see similar usage with Jair. I could also see more opportunities in the slot for Darnell Savage as well. He's had over 200 snaps there in his first two seasons coming out of Maryland. A number of draft analysts talked about his ability from the slot. He was very good there last year in coverage. If you go look at his stats from pro football focus. So I think we're going to see those two take more snaps there than what they have in the past, but I still think Sullivan is going to be a big part of it. Shamar Jean Charles, we'll see if he's ready to handle any sort of defensive snaps, but we know that he should be a special teams contributor, so he's on the roster in that regard. And my sixth cornerback, KB and Ento. So I went with KB and Ento because, as the old saying goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. And if we look at the initial, so he was hurt. He hurt his foot last uh, training camp preseason. But the Green Bay Packers still put him on the initial 53-man roster and then moved him right to IR. The benefit of doing that is because he's then eligible to return. So that alone, that says something right there to me. The fact that they put him on the roster knowing that moving him to IR gave him the opportunity to come back and be a contributor on the team. So that says something. This past week or a couple weeks ago now at minicamp, he was one of the primary gunners on special teams. It's a very underrated role, a role that's not talked about, but it's an important part of special teams, the gunner. And on last week's episode, we talked about Malik Taylor filling that role. And that's why I gave him a roster spot. So for those two big reasons, that's why I have him on here. Again, reading the tea leaves where there's smoke, there's fire. That's what I'm rolling with. And if you'll notice, there's no Josh Jackson. Packers save uh, I believe it's like 1.2 million by moving on from him. So some more cap savings. And then unfortunately, no Kadar Holman either. <laughs> I know that that one hurt, but we've talked about him on here. I know he's a favorite of the Saturday pack day podcast crew, but he like Jackson was a healthy scratch at the end of the season last year. The Packers didn't see the value in keeping around for defense. And that also meant that they didn't see any value for special teams. So again, that speaks volumes to me. So Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan, Gene Charles, and KB Nento are my six. Jason, how do we feel about that? The way you brought, if you just showed me that on paper and didn't break it down at all, I would have, I would have said, wait a second. <laughs> the Jackson thing would have stuck out to me more. Uh, Kadar Holman, I mean, listen, the Packers don't draft. They don't need players to look good on the sideline in the uniform. They need guys that can get on the grass. And unfortunately, Kadar Holman just couldn't do that. He couldn't get his get his way on the field. Josh Jackson never seemed to figure it out. You know, everyone was hoping the light bulb would go off because they used such a high pick on him. It was it was interesting, Paul and Mark. You pro- you may remember, uh, you may not have agreed with it. I I think I had him overvalued. I'll I'll admit I I was pondering him as as my potential guy. I wanted the Packers to take in the first round in 2018 but he was getting that first round buzz believe it or not and now look where he's at so obviously the Packers made a made a wiser decision by taking a different corner first because Jair has turned into a star but another position group I'm excited about and the the secondary of the Packers I think is going to be a huge and I know we're going to talk about the safeties is going to be a huge, huge part of the story. I know you got to win up front and set things up front to, to help everything on the back end but this cornerback group, even King, 
coming back on the one-year deal. Just, you know, hopefully lighting a fire under him and the attitude and the swagger that this secondary needs, and I hope that they have, is one of the things I'm most excited about. Stokes is, I'm curious to see how quickly they, or how slowly they decide to bring him along. Uh, They've obviously got some insurance and bringing King back. You can put Sullivan out there. Now, Sullivan, we got to the end of the season. Teams were able to kind of scheme against him. I mean, he's, you know, he's not, he was an undrafted free agent. So there's, there's, he's made his way out of the field, but there's a reason why he wasn't drafted. So he's got weaknesses and other teams were able to find it when the playoffs came around and strategy really started to make a big difference. And you're not playing against teams that aren't very good, that don't know how to game plan as well. Then they they found that weakness in the Packers secondary. But you could like I you know like I said you could do a, kind of what I said about Dean Lowry for Shannon Sullivan. You could do a lot worse than Shannon Sullivan as a as a corner. And if you're going to eventually give some of those snaps to Stokes because he's ready, you made a good pick in the first round and you're doing the right thing and you're drafting, developing, and you're moving your better players into more uh, into more snaps. As far as Ento. Paul, kudos to you for scouting that. I mean, truly, for, for scouting the, the the tea leaves there that you did with the special teams. Because a lot of times when we're doing these roster predictions, and, and probably it's more me than you two guys. Because, Paul, you write a ton and you do a lot of research. Mark, you've been covering the league for, for a long time. And so you know how important special teams is. And you know to look for those things. And you, you already know, hey, that's something you always look for. But, it, you know, more of a lay person fan like myself just kind of tends to think about it from a defensive perspective. It's like, oh, well. Well, the fifth and sixth guy really doesn't make a difference is going to be on the sideline anyway. It's like, well, no, they're going to play on special teams. And when you're talking about a gunner, then that tells me that the Packers really, really like Ento. But the, you know, the whole thing comes down to health. And so we'll see what he can turn out to be. But if that's where the Packers have him slated, there's a reason for it. So I think your reasoning is sound. This is one position. Uh, and this was, Paul, I have to ask if this was one of those position groups that gave you a little bit more of a fit. Because the cornerback position is always one where you can either go with I guess five or six, and you kind of hem and haw between that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I was, I basically just went off again. They kept six last year and I was, you know, when we get to these back end of the roster guys, I was just struggling to see Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman fitting in there. So right. that's how I ended up at the six that I had. So Mark, KB and Ento and the rest of this crew, 
what are your thoughts? No, I wish I could give you a high five, Paul. If we were all right, virtual. Well, no, I like. <laughs> I'm, I feel exactly the same way about um, Ento that you. I mean, both things that you said, I, I agree. I couldn't have said. I would have said the same. If the, if we were if our roles were reversed, if this was my fifty three, I I would have said the same thing that you said last year. I think that was real big. What you said, how they put him on, and then they. They didn't want to. They obviously wanted him to play, and they didn't want to lose him to wait. They they, they weren't going to chance putting him on a, putting him on a practice squad or any of that kind of stuff to lose him. Um, they like him. I mean, he's a converted wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They liked him for a couple of years now. My thing with him, we uh, you talked about guys staying healthy earlier, Jason. That well, that's Ento now. He's got to mm-hmm. for him to make the team. He's got to be on the. He's got to be, you know on the field playing, not on the sideline limping around or something. He's got to be healthy. But if he's healthy, they want the Packers want him to make the 53. They really do. I, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that, that the organization feels very, very highly about him. Um, Holman, uh, yeah, both of them, we all liked him. And, well, you know, he was a six-round pick. I mean, it's it's, it's a long shot. Six-round pick from a small school. Yeah. So he was a long shot to begin with. He did have good speed, but it never, I guess it just didn't translate. Um, yeah, I don't think he makes the team. And Jackson, the same thing. Like you said, the, at the end of the year, the playoff games, the most important games of the season, they dressed a guy, and I can't even remember his name now because they cut him already. Oh, Kavari Russell. Yes. Yeah. They, they drafted Russell over both of them, and then they cut Russell. So yep. what does that tell you about those two guys? For, for Blake Bortles. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> they could. I, I'm, I, you know, that, that tells me that Jackson. Now, here's my thing: can they can they get? Is there any other of the other 31 teams? Is there somebody else out there that says, "Hmm, I like that. I, we you know, we could coach him up. We play, we play a different scheme. We'll give the Packers a sixth round pick for him." That is there man. anybody? Nobody? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. That'd be nice. I mean, he was a second round pick. Who, as Jason said. There was buzz about him being a first-round pick. He was supposed to be a first-round pick. I mean, almost every again, I don't put a lot in mock drafts, but I don't. He was in mine. Yeah, um, he was in a lot of them. Yeah. Yes, he was considered. I remember t- this, to some of the, the I you know the scouts I talked to before that draft had him as one of the top, you know, three or four cornerbacks. Now something obviously happened. It, uh, you know. I don't. I, I don't know. I wasn't privy. To well, that I thought it was Mark, and, and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was one of those things where he was he pr- played primarily zone, and there was hope that his his talent skill set would translate in the NFL and allow him to be more learned man and and you know play different styles. But he was primarily zone in college, and it just never never the light bulb never well, turned but, on. But there are teams that play primarily zone right. in the NFL. So I mean, he listen. I thought that was a real good pick. I, I was I, again. I didn't really want him in the first round. Like some people wanted the Packers take him in the first round. I didn't think I. If they did, I wouldn't have been upset. Let's put it that way. But uh, there were guys I liked better. Um, but when they got him in the second, I was like, "Wow, they got a first round pick in the second round." This is gonna, I thought the same you know, thing. I mean, he was really good at Iowa. Really good. Not just okay. He was. He was. He had eight interceptions. I think is is his last year. Um, and uh, you know. In a, in a conference that doesn't even throw the ball a whole lot. So he, <laughs> he made plays. I mean, I don't know what, like you said, he, he, he wasn't very, his, his lack of speed has been a major mm-hmm. liability for him. Um, I mean, it was, I guess it was easier covering, no offense, Paul, but the Wisconsin <laughs> wide receivers than it was, or the well, Penn State fair. wide receivers. That's, that's know, fair. <laughs> than it is covering NFL wide receivers. I don't know, but I mean, you know, I still think some team, I could be wrong, he might just get cut, but somebody will pick him up. I guarantee you that. Oh, absolutely. That draft pedigree, that, that sticks with guys. Yeah. Once and you the, get picked high, you get a second chance. And the hard part with him, it's just been from his rookie year to last year when he filled in early on for Kevin King, it's the same issues. He's grabby. Because he, because he's getting beat, so he grabs. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's it's the same issues over and over again, and that obviously just shows a. Unfortunately, it shows a lack of development. Um, 
can hold out hope, cross our fingers that something clicks in the new defense year four. But I mean, I'm once you get to camp and get something. <laughs> well, I agree. Once you get to this, I'm going to give you another name though, that we haven't mentioned at corner. If Ento isn't healthy or isn't the, you know, the injuries have taken a toll. I still like the kid Samuels from Florida state. Yeah. They yep. signed as an undrafted guy last year who got a little taste in one or two games last year. And I thought, Made some plays. Yeah, he got a sack in the Niners game. I think he got flagged, but he was he made the oh, play. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, he did some things out there. I I wouldn't. He's got a chance. That's like he's big. He again, he's not a speedster by no means, but he's a big, strong corner. You know, coming out of a school that's produced a good share of cornerbacks. Um, I'm going to keep my eye on on him as well. Maybe they're your two gunners. Maybe he's your other gunner. Can you keep seven corners? <laughs> Possibly. We only keep four edge rushers. Or three <laughs> safeties. <laughs> or three no, running no, no, no. or three running backs instead of four like I had. There's definitely you know, there's definitely ways on this roster, at least how I have it constructed. We'll see what the Packers think in a few months. But there's definitely ways where you could easily keep seven. I know when I did my roster prediction last year I did keep seven cornerbacks, but they ended up going with six. Six is normal. Yep. Six is normal. Seven would be heavy, but again, like you said. Maybe the first two weeks they do because they're only keeping their they're not they're not keeping Sternberger on the for two yep. weeks. So who knows? But I just I just think again, Camp will tell you um, the 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 three preseason. See, this is where and again, I can't believe I'm saying this because for 32 years of being on a beat, <laughs> I hated preseason. I hated everything about it. Um, but now that I don't have to actually cover the games. Uh, <laughs> They, you know, missing preseason last year really was a detriment to guys like Samuels and 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 a lot of the young, you know, first rookie players and especially an undrafted rookie player. That's where they get to make the, to show you what they could do and maybe make a make a team or um, and it's just good for them to get those reps and 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 they get all that time because once once the season starts, backups don't get a lot of work. They 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 just don't. I mean, they're on the field here, there, and a lot of them are run, run scout team kind of stuff. Um, so their their chance to show the coaches what they're capable of comes during the summer, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, again, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, this is a damn good Packer roster. It really they're, is. And they're, they're cutting guys like Burks and Jackson and Ramsey, guys that were on the team. You know that was those guys were on teams that went thirteen and three, mm-hmm. and and got to the NFC title game, and now we're letting them go because they've gotten there's guys that are better than them. Mm-hmm. So that that's a, that, that tells me that they're somebody's doing a good job. No, that's very well said. So we get to safety before we get to the specialists, which I know everyone's waiting for. <laughs> so for safety, I kept five. Again, that's Ooh. what they did last year. Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Roster locks, we all know that. Will Redman, fans, there's going to be some of you out there who have some flashbacks, and I apologize, but Will Redman is going to be on this roster. One, special teams ability. Mm -hmm. Very good special teams player. Two, reading the tea leaves a bit here, but again, mini camp, OTAs. He was getting a lot of looks in the nickel and dime packages. And Joe, or excuse me, Jerry Grace said that they're looking at four or five guys right now in that nickel role. Not saying he's going to be the main guy when this is all said and done, but I do believe that he is one of those guys getting reps and getting looked there. Uh, He took a half of his snaps last year, or excuse me, a third of his snaps last year when he was on the field came from the slot. And last year was his first year seeing any sort of significant playing time. He's still a young player. So for those reasons, being on the field in the nickel and dime situations, special teams ability, I I don't think I've read or seen anywhere that, He's among that four or five. That's just an, an educated guess on my part, but I do believe that. So for those reasons, I think he's on the roster. Vernon Scott, seventh rounder from TCU last year. I really like him. Coming from the TCU Gary Patterson defense, he's very, very well versed in the too high safety look, which is something that we know we're going to see a lot under Joe Barry. So I think there's a good fit there experience in the box a willing tackler someone you can move around i just think he's a really good fit for what this defense wants to do and then the fifth spot i gave to henry black over uh christian up off the undrafted rookie from illinois state who i know is uh, a favorite of many fans out Getting there a lot of buzz 
Oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Getting a lot of buzz around up off, and understandably so. He had a really good 2019 season, and honestly, if he makes the 53-man roster or if he's on the practice squad and he's called up in week five or wherever it may be, not going to be shocked whatsoever. The reason I went with Black over up off is because, while this is a new defense for Black as well, he saw a few snaps last year. He has NFL experience being in the practices, being in the film room. Up off coming from Illinois State, the Missouri Valley. 2019 was his only year as a starter. The Missouri Valley didn't play in 2020 because of COVID. So now week one rolls around. He's two years removed from, or a little under two years removed from when he last played, you know, real competitive snaps on a week-to-week basis. And he's coming from a smaller school. He only has that one year. So won't be surprised if he's on the roster whatsoever. But when I had to sit here and pick out who the fifth safety is going to be, that was my difference right there. Just the lack of experience compared to Henry Black, who, again, doesn't have a ton of NFL experience, but he played at Baylor, came to the NFL, saw some reps. So Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Will Redman, Vernon Scott, and Henry Black. Mark, how do we feel about those group? Um, so Mark, I agree with what you said. I Again, I haven't done mine yet. Um, I won't. I won't for a while, but um, I would probably only keep four safeties. Just from looking at everything that we've said so far, I might keep, just off the top of my head right now, I, I might keep a seven. I, I think the seventh corner is better than Henry Black. So I might go that way. And uh, the, the, the top four are, are the top four. They're, yeah, they're, there's no getting right. I, I, I like Scott as much as you do. Redmond, I know everyone wants to cut him because he dropped that easy interception that would have prevented the bomb at, you know, the next play. I, I, but I, yeah, I think Redmond is veteran presence. They, like you said, the, he, he gets a lot of reps. He does a lot of things on special teams. I think he's a good locker room guy, which also adds, adds to it a little bit. So yeah, I think the four safeties that you mentioned off the bat are obvious. They're going to make it, but I think they might just keep four. I don't know. Unless, again, this is what, you know, one of the million things we have to watch this year in preseason is, you know, does a Henry Black, does the does the kid from Illinois State, do they open eyes in training camp and in preseason games? If they're making plays every week and, you know, somebody else isn't a linebacker or, you know, they're, it's, 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 it's funny. We, we have these things in our mind, like they're, they're going to keep this many linebackers and this many safeties and this many corners. And I've done it every year when I, when I tried to pick the Eagles roster and you find out sometimes they're going to keep the best 53. So if it means keeping more corners and less linebackers because they have better corners, it's for us doing it. That's the way to do it. You you did it the right way, going by what they did last year and stuff. But you know, they're not they're they're going to keep the the fifty three guys that played the best um, in camp and in preseason. And again, like you said earlier, which will come into play if they could save two million dollars on the cap by getting rid of guys that are just that younger guys are just as good, if not better. They're going to do that as well. So that 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 will play into it. And then also being able to being being able to get guys onto the practice squad. I think Henry Black would probably be able to make it to the practice squad. I don't think a team will. You know, again, you never you never know. Somebody might like him and, and scoop him up. But he was he was on the practice squad a lot last year, right? And, you know, no one's going to come after him. Same with the kid that you just, the, the kid from Illinois State as well. You could probably, unless, if he, listen, if he's lights out in preseason, then he's probably going to make the, the 53. If he's not, but you still like his future, you can probably get him onto your practice squad because nobody drafted him. So they weren't that, you know, there's not a team that loves him that much, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 I like what, I like what your picks, I, I, I might only keep four of them. No, that's a very valid point. Jason, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the four sounds like a very – that's good. The Packers have some flexibility there. If they want to do four or five there, I think Mark makes a good point about Black and Uphoff in terms of – you know, I don't think any teams are coming after them. They would have last year if they had the opportunity. They didn't. And I, but I have to ask a question. There were a lot of tea leaves 
that we were reading. Does the paper industry need to be worried about tea leaves taking over as the preferred, uh, you know, place where we go to find written work or find information? Because uh, I'll be a top buyer. Yeah, right. Well, so as and Mark, I don't know if you watch The Office. I know Paul and I are big fans of the oh, show. Well, so a little, no, ode, little, little ode to little ode to the paper industry there on the yes. uh, on the Saturday Pack a Day podcast. Now to round it out, uh, Paul, excellent job on both sides of the ball. I thought you did a great job with the roster. There weren't any, you know, and, and anything where it was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. The rationale made total sense. Uh, Mark makes another good point. We should be excited about this Packers roster because they've been in the NFC Championship two years in a row and they somehow probably found a w- managed to find a way to get better because the biggest loss that I, they suffered was Corey Lindsley at center. And I think they can, you know, he, they're not going to bring Corey Lind- Josh Myers is not going to be Corey Lindsley necessarily. But, you know, provided that the quarterback comes back. And I heard Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams said when, not if, in his comments this week when he talked <laughs> about when. Speaking into existence. Yeah, speaking into existence. Talk about reading tea leaves. Devontae Adams <laughs> said when, not if, Aaron Rodgers comes back, that the locker room will accept him and they'll be fine. This team should be rolling. And the safety group, yeah, I mean, it's... This is a Savage has a lot to he uh, has a lot to to grow into. He was two or three dropped interceptions away from having a monster finish to the season. I mean, he he just almost absolutely took the world over. If he just hangs onto the ball a couple times, he had a couple dropped interceptions in the playoffs. And the Packers, you know, they unfortunately didn't get past Tampa. But he was a huge contributor. Amos has been un- underrated and really good. We know he loves playing against his former team. He does, has no, does, does definitely does not miss playing in Chicago. His Twitter game and, and trolling the Bears is almost as good as it is as his game on the field is. So the Packers safety group taking, uh, you know, picking up where the corners left off. There's some swagger on the back end of the Packers defense, which is what you need. And I, I like Will Redmond. I'm a, I'm a fan of Will Redmond. I know he makes some mistakes. You just can't put him in the wrong. He can't play a full game. He can't be a starting safety, and he can't be out there and as your, as your second safety all game long. But like any other roster group or any other position group on the roster, I should say, if, you, if guys are playing the appropriate number of snaps according to where they fall on the depth chart, then the machine should work very well. It's a very well-oiled machine. If you start overworking certain parts that aren't meant to be overworked, you're going to have some problems and you're going to have some breakdowns. So I think the safety group is is one where the Packers, you know, you know, maybe the Packers do the same thing you did, Paul, where they attack that last and they're like, let's see how many roster spots we have left. If it's four, we go with four. If it's five, we go with five. So we we shall see. And I, I'm assuming as far as well, I guess that falls under special teams. I'm, I'm assuming that, that uh, we're we're going to we're going to put the um, the kicking group together. J.K. Scott, Mason Crosby. And well, I guess we don't know. We don't know who the long snapper is going to be. So we probably could have talked about yeah, special dude, teams. Yeah. But could, <laughs> so could, here's who. Oh, could, come on. Well, I was going to say could could be a new guy. But as far as as far as the secondary, I'm really excited. A lot of really good young talent. And even as you go through the bottom of the roster and you talk about the last few guys, Vernon Scott, um, and Henry Black, I mean, the, the Packer, the depth is just, and it's is so looking so good. And I know those guys aren't necessarily going to play, but if you are talking about the 53rd guy on the roster as somebody who has been on the field and actually made a play, Henry Black cl- closed out the game against uh, the Houston Texans last year, then the Packers are going to be a pretty good football team in 2021 if they stay healthy. Absolutely. And when you talk about having a roster that's top to bottom, very well put together, that should that should hopefully mean you get strong special teams play. And speaking of special teams, you guys like that segue there? <laughs> we go to the specialists. I had Mason Crosby, J.K. Scott, and Hunter Bradley. There's another punter in camp, Ryan Winslow, I believe. And there's another long snapper, Joe Fortunato, I believe if that's how you pronounce it. Um, I mean, maybe they beat them out, but... At this point, I have nothing to go off of other than just seeing Scott and Bradley struggle last season. So until I'm proven otherwise, until I see otherwise in training camp in the preseason, I just stuck with them and in this scenario for now. So do you guys have any strong opinions on that? I'm going to read tea leaves again <laughs> and say that, yeah, I, I think Scott, I like them bringing it. I like competition. If you remember few more than a few years ago now, Mason Crosby was coming off like one of his few bad seasons he's ever had. And they brought a guy in. You know, that's, you know, and it, and guess what? Crosby responded and he's been great ever since. But J.K. Scott needs that. He needs to know that, you know what, the job is? Because from the day he was drafted, it was his job. You don't take him around and cut him. 
Oh. So it was his job, and he never had anybody. Well, now they have another putter. So guess what? Maybe it's not your job, J.K. Scott. Maybe you need to, as uh, Mo Drayton said it when they hired right, the back, his, their backs are against the wall. Their backs up against whatever words he used, but he made it clear to them that you got you got to perform. Well, that's good. I'm glad they have that. I really do. And I think that'll wake Scott up. I think Scott's been, you know, he's been a, an enigma. I mean, he's some, some, some of his puns are, my God, you look up and say, oh, my God, it's 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 high, it's deep, it's no chance being retired. It's, it's because what they need it. And then some are just, oh, my God, it went out of bounds with 28 yards. I mean, you know, it's it's terrible. So he needs a wake-up call, and hopefully this, this other guy will, or will do it for him. Now, the long, now, reading the tea leaves with the long snapper, they <laughs> wanted another – they were going to bring in a third long snapper. They were. But somebody claimed them ahead of them. So I think Bradley's in trouble. I think Fortunato is going to beat him out based off nothing other than they brought him in. <laughs> so that – I hate to say – because I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to lie right now. The long snap <laughs> battles – I'm really going to watch this long snap battle. <laughs> no, I'm really not. But uh, – it is going to, but it is a battle. It's really something that it, it's up in the air. The one one big thing J.K. Scott has going for him is that training camp takes place in July and August, and not November and December. So he's yeah. got that in his favor because he really <laughs> seems like when the weather turns, uh, he he struggles. It, it really does seem that way, and he's and obviously Green Bay, Green Bay Wisconsin. That's not ideal whatsoever. Jason, what are your thoughts? Well, when you get off to a good start every season, then you tend to get a little more benefit of the doubt towards the end of the season. And I think that's a good point on J.K. Scott. And Winslow being in cap camp, you know, the only the only Winslows that really matter to me is Winslow, Arizona, because I live in Arizona, and Carl Winslow from the dad from Family Matters. Great. Uh, so I I think I think J.K. Scott's still going to be the so punter. Is Scott on the corner? Of Winslow? It could be. Could be standing on the corner of uh, Win- Win- Winslow, Arizona. That's right. <laughs> Taking it easy. So it's a pretty I, fine place to be. Yeah. No, that's not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, but if – and I've never been. I've never actually been up there. So, And I don't know what the weather is up there either right now. But <laughs> but it's, as far as the specialty – I mean, I hope it's the same three guys because they're used to working together. Whenever you make a change, it can it can not always work out great. But if they do, then it's – if they have a new long snapper, then there's a reason that they brought some competition. And there must be something that Hunter Bradley is doing that they're not necessarily completely enamored with to – give him some competition, although I don't know if that's something they do every every season. I just remember when it was Brett Goode for the longest time, when it was Rob Davis, I don't remember hearing about other long snappers coming into camp. Uh-huh. It was those guys, and that was it. I and, was going to say, how, how, how old is Brett Goode now? Oh, can, they, can they still bring him back? Yeah, they probably could. He's probably still only in his like mid-30s, mid to late 30s. Forget Roger's watch. Mark's going to be on Goode watch. On Goode watch, right? <laughs> and uh, interesting, they, in the Press Gazette up here, they did an article on Bradley and Scott when they were rookies because they're actually neighbors and they practice in the backyard. Oh, so wow. hopefully hopefully they're doing that some more this off season. But that'll do it for today's episode. You guys can find this article over at Dairyland Express where we cover, or I cover, the offense and defensive side of the ball if you missed any of it, or also go back and listen to last Saturday's episode. But as always, we'll go around the horn here. Mark, what do you have coming up this next week? Well, up there now is a – I have two stories. I have a, the latest one is about this past, this past draft and just how – we don't know – nobody knows how – how draft's going to go for a couple of years, right? But the one thing we do know about this draft, Packers draft are winners. Mm-hmm. If you look at their first six picks over the last two years of college, they were hundred. I think it was one thirty nine and what one thirty eight and twenty nine was their combined records of, of those guys. And that and the only one that and that includes Royce Newman, who was only five and five last year, and I think under five hundred the year before. So they drafted winners, and I, I talked to some people early about is that important, and I don't want to give it all away, so I want you to go in there and read it. But basically, that you know, winning winning breeds winning, and if you if you have guys that know how to win, it's better than having guys that that, that never won. But not that you can't. As the one quote I use from a guy is like, I'm not telling you that telling you that you can't find a good player from a from a losing team, but 
it's nice to have guys that are used to winning and mm-hmm. know how to win and have been in those games and have won, you know, conference titles and bowl games and whatever, playing in front of big crowds and winning that big game. It, it does help. And then I and then I tell a story about um, Keith Jackson, who became a Packer, a Super Bowl winning Packer, about his rookie year with the Eagles and their their first game, and it, it, it leads into the whole thing about coming from a winning program. So that's what's up there now. Next week, I'm not sure yet. We'll see what happens. Jason, how about you and Quick Slants this past week or anything that's coming up? So Quick Slants actually came out a couple days later. It came out on Friday. So check that out. Talking a little bit about the wide receiver position and Devontae Adams and some of the tea leaves that Devontae dropped this week. <laughs> As you know, Quick Slants is a quick one. It's 15 minutes, so it's just long enough for your commute to work. Hopefully it's not much longer than that if you are driving into work every day. And then I'll be back again next week as normally scheduled on Wednesday. We'll see what drops over the weekend and what other topics may come my way. And that's that's what we'll have for a quick slant. And then we'll be back next week. We'll have uh, another topic for everybody as we kind of wind down the offseason and we start to get towards training camp. And then we'll have some actual football to talk about, guys. Cannot wait. We are talking tea leaves, the latest buzz and weather here on Saturday. Pack it yeah. podcast. Go. <laughs> next week, we just give the weather, say go pack, go. <laughs> Call it a night. All right. Sounds good. Give the people what they want. <laughs> uh, for me, I've been doing some individual articles. I had one on Equinemia St. Brown, Malik Taylor this past week, Friday at Cheesehead TV. Discussed the highly, highly underrated Adrian Amos and how I think it should be talked about him being a contract extension candidate. So check that out. And we'll be back next Saturday. As a famous man once said, until then, take care, stay safe, and go Pack Go. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done